rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cosmic Force episode 24. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tyler Reganti, and tonight we check in with everybody after taking uh, uh, an extra week off just to kind of say hi. It's been a little bit. Uh, we do our own Utini League fantasy football check in, and we actually have a decent amount of news to discuss uh, before we get into the topic of the show. But first, let me go around the room and say hi to my fellow co hosts, starting with the person that had the most epic of wins in this week's Utini Fantasy Football League. Emma, you went to bed Monday night and you were losing by a point. Then you woke up Tuesday morning and what happened? Well, to be more clear, and hello, everybody. I was losing by 0.04 points. <laughs> My mistake. Which is My mistake. One passing yard uh, because the person I was playing had their quarterback going. So one passing yard, I was down. I woke up the next morning and it said I won. And I was like, um, what is happening? And turns out they made a scoring mistake. So I went to bed thinking I lost and I woke up and I won by 1.04 points. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was luck or karma or whatever, but I will take it. <laughs> it's called talent because we at the Com- Cosmic Force know how to play fantasy football. It's true. It's a there skill. we go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> We also have Caleb here tonight. Caleb, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I know you're not in the fantasy football league, about- but you have that amazing comic shirt on that I am super jealous of. And one day I'm going to wear it and you and I are going to coordinate wearing exactly. it. At the same, at, at we'll same we'll time. have that same one. Yeah, I'm probably the one who would do the worst at fantasy football because I'd pick the dudes with the uh, fun names like like Wasa's Couchy because that sounds like a wizard. <laughs> That's because that's what you need in fantasy football. Is just, you gotta have a right balance between wizards and paladins, right? That it, sure, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, so no. I mean, fantasy football is nothing if not nerds for sports fans. So, absolutely. Our, so, all right, and and last but not least, we have uh, one of the other undefeated members of the uh, of the of the Utini League fantasy football, Jacob. How are you doing tonight, sir? Uh, not too bad. It is a shame that although I'm undefeated, I'm technically third because uh, you are up there as well. And I believe James is the, the other person at the top, but uh, doing pretty well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, that, that's that's why I wanted to kind of check in, because mm-hmm. uh, those of you who do multiple <laughs> who check in with mo- multiple shows, you know that Eric kind of gives you a weekly check in of the Utini Fantasy Football League. And he gives you a great indication of what is happening at the bottom of the league because he is one and two. And Oof. Wes, I believe, is also if I, I if I check correctly, uh, Wes I think is two and one. one. So yeah. so Wes, so I, I should give Wes more credit. But we as a show, we the Cosmic Force is eight and one as a league because Emma is two and one. I am three and zero. Oh, and as ja- as Jacob so 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 nicely put it, I am leading the league in points, and Jacob is also three and zero. Oh. So. We want to give you the 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 Utini community and an update on what is happening at the top of the league because that's where the rest that's where we are. I mean, and and, the and best. Eric does a, in Eric Utini, does a great so. exactly. Say, if you want to see what the look view is like from the bottom, turn in tune in Wednesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> well, and then Tyler also wants to uh, bring this up because Eric always gives the update 
but his update is pre the Monday night football game. And at the time I was the highest scorer. And now Tyler ended the week being the actual highest scorer for the week. So I I've noticed that. And that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Every, every week is one thing. I am just one to bring, bring the attention. The more important thing is, is our records and, and we are dominating this league. Um, so that is something that I wanted to, to, to make sure everybody knew is that, uh, and, not and that by the way, is, by the way, my only loss is to Jacob. So somebody mm, had true. to lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I know that Eric uh, does give updates and then it's just kind of fun for, for us to check in. It's because he does it again because before the Monday night week, go Cowboys this week. They uh, they dominated uh, the Eagles. Um, and yeah, like I said, every once in a while, we get a little little, you know, flash of sports in with our nerddom. So uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. We don't normally talk about, about, about fantasy football. I'm only doing that because like I said, I'm in first place and I don't I don't, I'm not there that often. So it's like, it's nice for me to break. Normally we talk about, about star Wars and we talk about comics because we are a star Wars comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on youtube.com slash Utini every Wednesday night at 8 PM. Uh, if you can't join us live, that is okay. Our videos are on our YouTube channel for you to consume whenever you are able to. We are also on all of your favorite podcast platforms if you want to check us out in audio form as well. Uh, we are also part of the, uh, the UTD podcast network of nearly a dozen shows and a Discord channel at utd.com slash Discord with more than 1,000 members with dozens of channels to choose from, whether you're into comics, whether you're into toys, whether you're into TV shows, whether you're into the news about the Book of Boba Fett coming out uh, right before the end of the year, whether you're into uh, the What If, Marvel What If, we have a channel for you, and we strongly encourage you to come join join us and hang out in just a, an awesome place of positivity. Uh, if you like what you see and you want to say thanks, then head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash Utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini podcast network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement activities. So that is our, 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 our normal rundown. And like I said, I wanted to kind of, we took it last week off. Um, I had a scheduled week off because I had some family stuff to do. And, and, and a couple of us kind of had a little bit of, we were a little under the weather. So I just kind of wanted to, to check in with everybody. Say hi. How, how did everybody in our chat today? We've got Jared in the chat. We've got OK Indar in the chat. Uh, we got Be Nasty in the chat. We got Timothy in the chat. Uh, hi. Thank you guys for joining us. I appreciate you guys coming back after we took a week off. But uh, you guys around the room, how are you guys doing after, after having a week off? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing good very exhausted. I am uh, taking some really hard courses and uh, starting to feel it, starting to feel it. If anybody's ever taken organic chemistry, you know, my pain. Um, it is, it is, uh, it's a, it's a thing. It's, it's um, one of the worst courses in existence in that it is very difficult. However, I am enjoying it. Like I've probably learned more in this, this class, just this class than I have in my entire college career. And I'm in my third year now. So I think that says something. Um, it's a lot of studying, but um, you know what? We also have some really awesome Star Wars stuff going on. I mean, I just bought three George Lucas Black <laughs> series today. So, I mean, it's a good day, right? <laughs> yes, we, uh, we, we, we had to create a, a whole separate toy channel um, so that we could talk about all of our Funkos. Um, Emma and I are, are great Funko collectors. One day soon, we are going to corrupt Jacob 
and start collecting the Funkos. I got some. Um, just I'm 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 reserved. <laughs> <laughs> did you? So did you end up getting the? I know Emma got a couple. I got mm-hmm. one. Jacob, did you get the Star Wars Black Series George Lucas as a stormtrooper? <laughs> no, honestly, like the Black Series just don't do it for me. I don't think this. I don't like the six inch scale as much. So I I didn't hit it up this time. If they if they come out like with a vintage collection sized one, I might. But no, I did, I did not. I skipped on this one. Caleb, what about you? How 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 have you been? We've 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 checked in with with Emma. We've checked in with Caleb a little or uh, with Jacob a little bit. How how have you been these last two weeks? Good, good. I was very excited. I'm not going to lie. I was like everyone else was kind of. I, I was like, I was getting my lights right lined up when people were like, oh, by the way, why don't think we can do the showtime? I'm like, cool. I'll just sit here and watch like the first like <laughs> half of all Star Wars Visions if that's what you want. And that's what I did. Uh, by the way, if you haven't, Star Wars Visions, uh, highly recommended. It's a really, really fun romp. I second that. It is a lot of fun uh, to kind of see just a bunch of different anime, or Star Wars themed anime. Because yeah. it was it, that is what it really is. It is it is nine completely independent themes and and art styles, and they're all amazing. I, I mean, and and I and I know that the that the uh, the guys over at the Living Force kind of touched on this. Everybody has a favorite episode, and it's all across the gamut. And that is what is so cool about Visions. I personally love the duel. Um, I love the grittiness. I can't wait for Ronin. Um, the duel is my favorite. Uh, and, and kind of, uh, you know, a, uh, a low, uh, an episode that, that I think is, is, doesn't get the credit that it deserves, um, is, is sort of the, it's one of the later episodes. It's not the cartoon. Uh, you did, you liked Lop and Ocho. Is that the one you're thinking of? Yes. Lop and Ocho. Thank you for that. I'm not, I'm not very good with names because while it's, it's, it's the characters are, are a little bit different. It really hits to what the whole what 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 the foundation when you strip all the all the laser swords and space fights away, Star Wars is about family. Star Wars is about you know doing what's right for your family, whether that's blood family, whether that's friendship families, whatever you call family. That's what that you know that to me is what Star Wars is, and that episode was really really about that, and I really love that episode. So those two are are my uh, are my two favorites. Um, uh, Caleb, you said that you would watch some visions. What were your, what were some of your favorite shows? Uh, I think the one episodes? that like pretty much all of it was good. I think the one that a lot of people are sleeping on and not really talking about how good it is was the, uh, last one, the Arakiri. I really liked that one a lot. Nice. It was, nice. It was like, it kept in, it was the only one mild spoilers that kept it on a down note, like compared to the rest of the series. And that was, that was like kind of nice for like a fun one for them to actually end all the episodes on is like, Ooh, this is like a kind of a dark sort of ending. Uh, the other one that I really liked, my wife was a huge fan of Ninth Jedi after we that one. Oh, was she's like, she looked at like she's like, hey, so this is canon, right? I'm like, no, it's not canon. It's all. She's like, this is canon, right? <laughs> yes, dear, it's canon. Uh, so that one was really good. My personal favorite, I think, was The Village Bride. I think that one did everything I wanted. One. I think that was the, I think that was the standout and my personal favorite. Jacob, what about you? What was what was your favorite episode of Visions? Um, I think I'm also gonna say the Ninth Jedi uh, was my favorite. Uh, it's just yeah, so good. Like just the the world they built down on like the planet side was uh, like amazing. I like I 
it kind of like reminded me like in a way of like um how's moving castle with like so, mm. sort of like steampunk ish inspired like aesthetics I, especially like with like this the spaceport but yeah the, no the spaceport, i love I love, that. I love the fishing lines that were fishing into oh the, yeah uh, into the 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 ring around a planet i saw, saw that i'm like yes. that's that's so dope i want that's so amazing emma what about you what, what, what were some of your favorite episodes yeah so my top favorite in my rankings was the ninth jedi um really really awesome i just loved all the lightsaber lore in that um yes and then my close very very close i had a hard time picking between these two but my second uh is the elder i really like that one mm, uh, i like the two jedi one. in there uh, very yes. very qui-gon obi-wan sort of vibes and um kind of a, a quieter episode especially at the beginning um i liked I, I just, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it was good. I, I, I liked all of them and in some sort of way, they were all great in their own own respects. And um, I think it's cool to get these sort of unique Star Wars stories, something something that we don't usually see. And I, I think I think that's great. Exactly. Yes. Can't wait for season two. They're all, they're all short. They're all between 16 and 20 minutes. They're, they're very, and, and they're not related. So, you know, you can come in, watch one and pop back out. But uh, yes. Uh, highly rated by all four of the hosts here at the Cosmic Force. So we definitely encourage you to go over there and support uh, the, uh, the the creators of that show and, and, and give it a watch. So, all right. We do have a little bit of news uh, this week, uh, some comic-related news. Um, I will go ahead and take the first uh, art p- part here, and that is a little bit of a, of a downer. Uh, both War of the Bounty Hunters number five and Trail of Shadows number one has been delayed. Um, fortunately, it's only been delayed for a week. So instead of coming out for on 10-6, uh, which I guess is next week, uh, it's actually going to come out in two weeks um, on 10-13. Um, and I, Jacob, I don't know if these two things are related, but something else to note is this is the month that Marvel is actually switching from Diamond to... Um, penguin random house as their distributor i don't know if those things have been actually connected or if it's just coincidence but those are that's something to keep in mind uh when it comes to this this uh this delay right yeah it's i haven't heard anything directly but a lot of people speculate that that's the case it's a gonna be a big change and if you are getting comics locally you might see some hiccups like in the couple next mm-hmm. couple weeks as as this change happens uh but hopefully it'll be pretty smooth sailing uh starting in like november yeah, yeah. So, so we get a little bit of a reprieve next week uh, for for new releases, and and but we, we get it all back the following week. Um, Emma, I want to give this this next little piece of news uh, over to you, and I w- and I will 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 preface this: if you have not read the Rising Storm, tune out for the next like three minutes because <laughs> this little piece of information is sh- very very connected to uh, the Rising Storm, Emma. Yes, very, very major spoilers for the rising storm ahead. So tread carefully. Um, wow. We got a preview on StarWars.com for Trail of Shadows number one by Daniel Jose Older. And uh, Daniel, sir, I have some words for you. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Second of all, how dare you? <laughs> um, I opened up this preview um, while I was on campus and uh it caused me to have an audible reaction and um, rightfully so. 
Uh, I just don't even know what to say. I didn't expect this. So uh, yeah, as we can, as Jacob is showing here, if you're watching live with us, we have our, our boy Loden. As bad and worse than we all imagined it would be at the same time. Yes, it is. It is somehow somehow worse than the description in the Rising Storm, um, because he just looks. I mean, he looks like he's in such like pain and and just oh my god it's it's creepy it sent a, a chill down it's, my it's, spine it's worse than seeing han solo and carbonite oh a thousand percent oh yeah and and then just the little pile the, the little pile of dust and, and i think end. what does it i think what does it for me is these are these are what four pages or, or approximately there's no words like i i think that is what really like brings it home is that there's so much emotion on these pages and it's all done by the artists. And it, it is just, these are the sort of moments that, that I love comics for because it, it, there's so, it's such an emotional, m- emotional moment. And there's just no words to be written. You have the words from Charles soul in the book, the rising storm, and you have the images here in the, the, the comic and it mirrors itself so well. And it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, and, and it does, it somehow, raises that moment's the, the 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 height of that moment even more and yeah uh, yeah it, it it hurt all over again it, it did and i, and I want to mention the the artist here uh david watcher um who oh my god absolutely killed this art no pun intended damn but um <laughs> a little too soon um yeah he he did such a, a great job on this art i mean you can feel you can feel it all over again like I, I texted it to my dad. He listens to the higher public audiobooks, And I said, dad, like, look at this. This is like Loden from like Grisel, like, oh my goodness. And he said, whoa, he's like, I just got the chills. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> I was like, this is why you got to read the comics. You get to see some of this stuff visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait for the story, by the way. Yes. I mean, we're, we're talking about this tie into the rising storm, uh, but talking about a, a trail of shadows itself, like the, the article on starwars.com starts with this quote, it's a galactic whodunit, end quote. And uh, that's all you needed to tell me. Like, um, I'm sold. I was super yeah. excited. Like, yeah, whatever. Loading brace or whatever. He's dead. Excuse you, whatever. But but, hold some respect on his name. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason that I'm super excited is because we had had film noir uh, narration from our other protagonist there, and I was 100 about about the internal monologue on the last couple of pages. I was uh, that's what I was here for. It's like the uh, the the like I can't wait for some Phoenician blinds and you know dark shadows. Like I'm excited for this one. Like it's the you know like you know Loden wasn't ever wasn't my favorite character, and you will at me at that I'm sure. But I said I I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great series. And, and and that was an appropriate reaction, Jacob. Thank you very much. We, we, we do not besmirch the name of Loden Greatstorm on this podcast. Do, do you think he chose the name Greatstorm or do you think he changed it like when he turned 18? No, he was definitely born with that because he was born Absolutely. to be great. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so that is going to be a very, very emotional moment when that gets released on 1013. Uh, we do have one more piece of news and Caleb, I will toss this little... Rumor, we're going to go ahead and classify it as a rumor for now, but I will go ahead and toss this little bit of, uh, of, of rumor news over to you. 
Oh, I think I did hear about this. Uh, the rumor is that IDW, the publishing between Star Wars Adventures, might be losing the license to Star Wars. Like, I forget, where would this, like, first news, like, come from? Are we getting, is this, this like, is a Twitter stuff? This is news? Bleeding Cool, which is, like, not my favorite outlet, but is a pretty big comics news outlet, pop culture news. I I was to say, I feel like Star Wars Splash Page also shared yes, they did. Uh, shared something about this. So, it, like, I haven't re- had a chance to read too deeply into this, but are, is are they like losing losing the license, or is it just opening up for other people to take control of the publishing? There's like, like almost no details. It's mm-hmm. it's basically just speculation saying, hey, um, IDW is probably going to lose the license uh, because Marvel wants to do something else with like their all ages category. Uh, it doesn't have any dates. It doesn't have any. It doesn't say anything about the implication of the stories that are already in publishing. It literally just says, "Yeah, this is looking like it might happen." Interesting. That would be so too this- bad. I, I like what IDW does with most of their their Star Wars stuff, and I think it's important for um, kids to have comics aimed at them. Um, so I hope if it is the case that they are losing the license, I really do hope that something comes in its stead. So, so this would this would obviously affect Star Wars Adventures, uh, the High Republic Adventures, and then some of those independent stories such as what is out now. Monsters uh, of Temple Peak. Monsters of Temple Peak, yeah. Monsters Ghost of Vader's Castle. Ghost of Vader's Castle. So again, this is still a rumor. We have not heard anything from uh, official sources like StarWars.com. Um, but it is it is comics news, so we did feel that it was uh, worthwhile to at least bring up and say, "Hey, we've heard this too. We haven't heard anything uh, anything specific yet, uh, but just something to keep in the back of your mind in the event that uh, that the, that something does change in the near future." So. All right, we are going to go ahead and dive right into the main show. Since we went long on kind of our introduction, we're going to kind of skip the art of the week, and we're just going to go right into the weekly pull list. Uh, And we are going to have two weeks worth of weekly pull list. So, Jacob, we've got uh, quite a bit available for us since we last were on air. Yeah, so I did cut out some of the single issues that came out last week uh, because, I mean... Yeah, you, you, you probably figured it out by yourself, but we did have something special I wanted to highlight from last week, and that's the Volume 2 of the Rebels manga adaptation. Uh, so this finally came out in the West. It's been out in J- Japan for a little while, but came out in the West uh, last week. Uh, this is by uh, Mitsuru Aoki, uh, and that, uh, yeah, it did both the writing and the art for this. So if we got any Rebels fans, I'm sure we got a few here, uh, then you can definitely pick that up. Uh, and then we, as far as comics for this week go, we, we have uh, Star Wars number 17, The Chase, written by Charles Soule, uh, with pencils by Ramon Rosanas, cover by Carlo Pagalayan, the colorist is Rochelle Rosenberg, uh, Ramon Rosanas on the inks, and the letter is Clayton Cowles. Uh, then we have Star Wars Adventures number 10, uh, written by Michael Marici and David Scheidt. Uh, with pencils from Michael Avon Oming and Stefano Simone, and uh, the cover is from Francesco Francavilla. Uh, then we also have Star Wars Adventures Ghosts of Vader Castle number two, uh, with our lovely Jackson on the cover here. It's called Attack of the 50 Foot Wookiee, written by Kevin Scott. Uh, pencils, cover, and colors from Francesco Francavilla, with uh, assist on the pencils and colors from Derek Charm. And the letter is Sean Lee. And if you want to pick up any of those, you can uh, 
grab the links down in the description of the YouTube video. Yeah, I believe uh, Star Wars Adventures, the cover is kind of a, a two-part cover, right? I believe yes. uh, issue nine kind of had the other half of, uh, of that, that cover art on the, uh, for, for this week, correct? Yeah. There's a Mason, like a uh, Count Dooku and like clone kind of big uh, landscape. I'm not going to yes. lie. The way that that cover is lit, I honestly thought that um, that was Asajj Ventress, not Mace, because they're <laughs> both balds and stuff. I like for first glance, I was like, oh, it's Asajj because it's like all villainy and stuff. Nope. <laughs> nope. I it's can not. Understand it's that. Mace. <laughs> I, I, can, I, I can I can I can allow that on a passing glance. Absolutely. I, I think that was wishful thinking. I, I could mm. use some more Asajj content for sure. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. If it's Agreed. anything like Dark Disciple, then uh, absolutely. Let's bring in more Asajj content. So, all right. Well, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break uh, for us to catch our breath. And then we're going to go into our main topic, which is Sith Timber. Yes, that is a pun. Um, we like those uh, here at, uh, at Utini. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about all of our favorite Sith Lords in comics. Uh, so we'll be right back. All right, we are back. And um, so in our notes, this was a welcome to September. Um, it's kind of the end of September. So this is kind of a, hey, thanks for, thanks for visiting September. Um, now that it's at the end of the month. But uh, Caleb, uh, this, was, this was sort of your idea here. So I'm going to let you kind of give us a little bit of an intro as to what we are going to be talking about tonight. So uh, when you brought this, this idea to, to the team, what, uh, what exactly did you have in mind? And what are we going to be talking about tonight? I had a pun in mind. I thought <laughs> September. <laughs> like I, all like, great ideas are born. Exactly. So I, I decided to go with that. I've created a couple other like, um, you know, punny names for other months. So maybe we'll see some of that goes on maybe a little sooner than you think. <laughs> but wink, 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 wink. But we have some uh, I decided, you know, hey, let's we did a like a Darth Vader episode. So let's dive a little bit more into some of these bad boys. You know, there's about there's you know, dozens of Sith Lords that show up all throughout the comics. If you count the legends, when we get into the canons and the little more specific of what's recently come out, there's a little less, there's significantly less, but they do make up for having some really good uh, appearances, you know, where they not only appearing in comics, but also in video games and other media. So that's always exciting. So we just want to take some time, you know, delve into kind of the dark mysteries of the Sith. Uh, we want to highlight some of their villains, their stories, what makes them tick and you know can pull out some of our favorite moments and favorite events of what these characters done so we're just going to go over an overview of some of our favorite sith uh that have shown up in the canon series talk about them a little bit in more detail have a few general discussion questions towards the end just have a good chill time talking about the most high-strung people in the galaxy all right and we're going to start with <laughs> the most infamous and famous of of all sith and that is our Lord Darth Vader, Jacob, uh, what do we have here in, in, in the notes talking about uh, Darth Vader tonight? I mean, I don't really even know what I need to say at this point. I mean, it's Darth Vader. Like, he's been around for, <laughs> Jesus, 44 years now. Um, if you if you don't know, you don't know at this point. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, takes on a pretty interesting role in the canon comics. Uh, we've got, like, uh, we've talked about it so many times. He has three ongoing series, like four miniseries um appears in basically every other ongoing series that isn't the high republic the, the man is has, has uh, left his mark across the canon comics um 
And uh, is it's been especially with Dark Lord of the Sith, it's been an interesting evolution on the character, seeing how this person got from Revenge of the Sith to the the Darth Vader we know uh, from the original trilogy. So yeah, um, it's it's definitely been interesting. Does let's go around the room. Um, what I mean, I know it's easy to just say Dark Lord of the Sith, but what adaptation of Vader is your favorite and why? Mm, this is an interesting question. It is very easy to say Dark Lord of the Sith, so I'm going to try not to. Um, I think by default, that is like most people's answer because it's it's such a well-rounded comic series. But I think I think right now, in this moment, I have to say the... Uh, Darth Vader 2020 portrayal oh, of him. My, you stole my answer. I know. It, well, it's here's the thing. It, it's <laughs> such a good series. It's a well-rounded series. It's it's really like I, I think showing him in between uh, episodes five and six is such an interesting time period with him and Luke, their relationship, and sort of all of the emotions that come with that. And then you've got Ochi of Bestoon thrown in the mix and how he deals with the emperor's underlings. You know, it, it sort of, it really puts him through his paces um, and the emperor makes sure of that. Um, and I think Vader's always the most interesting when he is on the more morally gray side. Um, and when we are made to care for him and that certainly happens in the, the Darth Vader 2020 series. I was going That's to say... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, I, I was going to say that is why I was going to pick the 2020 series is because we all know, uh, even outside of Star Wars, everybody knows who Darth, who Darth Vader is. Every, he is the evil of all evil characters in all of cinema and all of entertainment. And yet in 2020, we still feel bad for him. He is still abused emotionally and 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 physically by the emperor and it is it is an amazing arc to watch him continue to get beat down continue to have to watch him overcome every little thing that the next trial and tribulation that the that the emperor uh throws out at him and i think that's why if i if i have to eliminate dark lord of the sith um and it's sort of comics origin story i'd have to go with 2020 you know with the 20, the, the early part of the 2020 series because it, it's it's a completely new i i didn't think that you could feel bad for such an evil dude as as, as darth vader and somehow these the these these creators have, have made us feel at least me feel bad for him in what in what he has to go through from 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 what the emperor you know dishes out to him exactly um I, my feeling here, which I just saw Blind Fates in chat, I think just said everything I wanted to say. I really like the 2015 run because we see him at kind of the height of his power, but uh, essentially Palpatine takes away all of his like resources, all of his power, all of his underlings. And then Vader kind of does like the sort of thing that Sips really are really famous for and starts building and networking out his own power source and his own things and starts going behind other people's backs and like i feel like that's um that's not something that vader's really good at we don't see him do it very often so being kind of put on the scheming side and the plotting side i really enjoyed seeing that uh that aspect of him we might dig a little bit more into that in a bit 
so I, I want to ask, I want to go around and, and ask the room real quickly because we have a, a lot to talk about. Jacob mentioned that he's con- that Vader is kind of everywhere, but yet I don't feel like we have too much of him. So I'm going to go around the room real quick and say, I'll start with Emma. Do you want an arc or do you want a story that it, that it puts him on the bench or are you happy with where, with, with the sort of stories that we have with him? So uh, this is a really hard question because he has had so many series focused on him, right. so many arcs focused on him. And I've enjoyed all of them way more than I thought I would because, you know, I was never like, rah, rah, Darth Vader, you know, but, but now when I, whenever I see him in the comics, I'm like, oh my God, it's Darth Vader. Like I get excited. So part of me wants to say, yes, I want more Vader, but I'm also very interested in other villains. You know, we have a lot of Vader. I think, I think we're, we've explored so much of his character now that, that I feel comfortable with, with saying that we could, we could let Vader go soon. Um, for now, anyways, you know, of course, uh, you know, there's always going to be more stories to tell with Vader. He's the most iconic villain, arguably, in pop culture. Um, I'd be interested in exploring some more Sith or, or some Sith adjacent characters. Okay. Um, you know, I think I think maybe giving some other people time to shine because Vader has proven to us that um, these ambiguous uh really dark and evil villains that we're not supposed to root for, we can really care about them. So I think he, he can pave the way for some other really awesome characters. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Absolutely. Like we will never stop getting Vader stories. Like even if they take a year off, like, like 20 years from now, we'll still be getting cool new Vader stories. And that's, that's exciting. So, you know, I don't mind if they slow play it a little bit and, you know, take a step back and, you know, foot off the gas for a little bit and, you know, let some other, you know, stories go on. Like, you know, maybe we should let his comic relief of Ochi of Bastoon have a, have a series. <laughs> I'd be down with that. <laughs> Jacob, what about you? Are you feeling any, any Vader fatigue yet? Um, I would say a little bit. Um, again, like Emma said, I don't think I've ever like had a storm. Like, I don't like this. Uh, but I think I would be happy for them to like, cause, you know, I, I've accepted, you know, you're never not going to have a Darth Vader like ongoing series. I mean, we had the, the most we ever had was we had the uh, like year of uh, the Dr. Aphra series where that was it. But even then you said like some Vader like mini series happening here and there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I would be very happy for Vader to kind of like take a back seat and like I know he's going to be part of Crimson Reign, obviously, uh, but like maybe like be a little less involved because like looking at it right now, Vader in um, War of the Bounty Hunters, I have not loved as much. Or I would agree with that. The first two volumes of the 2020 series were so good. Like, I just mm-hmm. kind of want George Pock to be like, here you go. Here's Darth Vader. Like, go go screw around, do whatever you want for 24 issues and see what happens. Uh, and don't <laughs> worry about the rest of, like, the comics or what's going on. Like, I kind of want that rather than the Vader is spread too thin across everything. Uh kind of thing we have going on right now yeah greg pock he he writes vader so well he he and and soul both uh do such a great job and i agree like i haven't really liked vader as much in the war of the bounty hunters i feel like he's uh you know extremely focused on luke which i do like seeing I, I like seeing his emotions in. He, it, we, he is i feel like he's forced into to to the arc here i i agree with that yeah like like he's 
ultra focused on Luke and like, of course, Luke is at, at the auction and stuff like that for Han. So of course he's, he's there. And I feel like that's the way that they got him there. Uh, but at the same time, I do like seeing his relationship with the emperor and also seeing some of these side missions that he goes on. Um, so yeah, I agree. Greg Pak, um, please, please take, take Vader, do it. Just, just go wild with it. <laughs> well, let's transition from arguably the most overwritten Sith Lord to, uh, in my opinion, the most underwritten Sith Lord, mm. my favorite, my favorite Sith Lord. Uh, and that is Darth Maul. The, the, the evil, the vindictive, the constantly struggling for power, the person who seeks to overthrow anybody above him, regardless of what position of power they're in, <clears throat> the constantly scheming kill kills without uh, any thought or hesitation. Darth Maul. And, and, and the question that I kind of want to, want to, want to lead, lead this little part off is, is he, for lack of a better term, the perfect Sith. Now, obviously Sidious is his own category and he's mm-hmm. a manipulating long term, big picture sort of guy, but the heart and the core of what the Sith are is, is, is there any better care, better Sith personified like, than, 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 than Darth Maul. Like, like he's the mascot. He's the, uh, I really, the cheerleader. Think so. I yeah. really, th- yeah, I like that. Yeah. And the, absolutely. I think sit, uh, you know, Darth Sidious really, you know, knocked out heart trying to train Maul into his, uh, apprentice here. And like, as I said, one of these things that are, that we didn't really see in the movie, but now as we see in all the like extra sort of, uh, content here is he's such a schemer. Like we wouldn't look at Darth Maul and say, oh, he's the sort of guy who would, go to like a and create an entire new criminal underworld for to serve his needs but that's what he did he went to right. and like chopped off the heads of literally of the of the uh the pike syndicates and the uh, falling and all and the uh, black suns and created his own sort of shadow empire just so he could have more power just so he could try to over overthrow sidious and that's the sort of thing that raw naked ambition is really really impressive and that's why i think um, you know, City, uh, I don't know why I keep trying to call him Sidious. Darth Maul is such a fascinating sort of character. And he's such a bowling ball of rage as he goes around. He's always angry. He's always mean. And like the, the, his struggle is always so interesting. Like we know he can't win, but like we've seen his character arc from the beginning, most of the beginning, all the way to his like end in rebels. And like every time he's on screen at, I will admit when I first saw him in Red Bulls, I'm like, why are they pulling him in? Like, surely we have more interesting things to do or bring in more characters. But I'm really glad with what they did with his character and how they managed to put a really nice bow on his uh, arc here. Uh, Emma, we, we, with the announcement of Crimson Rain and, and the inclusion of Kira, and, and when we last saw Kira on this big screen, she was speaking to none other than Darth Maul. How much of a role do you hope he plays in in this little arc obviously he's obviously kira is the you know the lead of this but do you do you want him to be heavily featured do you want him to be kind of a tertiary character that kind of pops in and out strategically how do you want maul well do you even want maul to to be featured in this or or where where do you see him playing into this new crimson rain title coming out yeah so i desperately want Maul to be in Crimson Rain. I don't want him to usurp Kira, uh, Kira's you know, spotlight in, in the series by any means, but 
you know, we see a different Kira in War of the Bounty Hunters than yes, we who do. we saw at, at the end of so, uh, Solo. I mean, she is jacked, first of all. So she's physically different. Um, and, and she hints that she has had um, encounters with Sith in a um, menacing way. So um, <laughs> there's that. I want to see that. I need to know what happens. Um, I think... I think Maul has shaped Kira into who she is when we see her in War of the Bounty Hunters. And I think that's extremely important for what's coming next. So I really hope that we see some flashbacks, maybe. Um, I want to know what happened, like when Kira went to Dathomir, like he says, meet me on Dathomir. What? Take me to Dathomir, please. Give me like a like a a, a mini series and, and have it focus on on Maul and the Shadow Collective and have, have Kira come meet him there. And it's just gonna. I mean, it would be perfect for the comics format, truly. Has there ever been a bad story that has been focused on Dathomir? I I, I can't no. I can't think of one. I can't. Yeah, exactly. Not at all. Like I didn't even have to think about that. The answer is no. I mean, Dathomir <laughs> Dathomir itself is such a cool planet, and then when you add in. Um, Maul and all the crazy stuff that happens there. Um, I mean, in Rebels, you know, you, you see his like anger shrine, you know, with uh, Duchess Satine and, and the dark saber. Like, ah, oh, it's just he's such a good character. And in the the comic but, series, I can't remember what it is. It's, it's the the continuation of one of the Clone Wars arcs. Oh, uh, um, Son of Dathomir. Son of Dathomir. That's what this that is art, such an art underrated. Yeah. yeah, it's so underrated. It's so so good. Mm, I mean, my my isn't favorite. That where we meet Gar Saxon. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. And he plays a huge role in season seven. Yes, um, he does. And, and yeah, I mean, it, that is so underrated. I think I, I, I hope we get more mall in Canon comics very soon because I mean, like this whole episode proves Sith translate very well into comics and Darth Maul might be one of the best ones, uh, besides Vader in comics. Yes, but the, the these two Sith do have uh, one person in common, and that is their master. Uh, and of course, we're talking about none other than Darth Sidious. So, Emma, uh, what sort of talking points do we have tonight about the 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 Mac Daddy of all that Sith in, in in Darth Sidious? Yeah, so I mean, Darth Sidious, he is the the Phantom Menace. He is the uh, the person behind everything. Um, he's been controlling everything behind the scenes, the puppet master, um, a very interesting character in himself, just in the movies. And then when you add in the TV shows and the books and of course the comics, you get some really awesome stuff. So uh, one particular example that we have here is um, in the Star Wars annual uh, number one, he uh, he has a body double. Right. And he, he lets him die in order to flush out uh, the traitors against him. And basically imprisons innocent people. And that just shows a lot of like his ruthlessness. That was one of the first times where I was like, whoa, like this guy is really, really, really evil. <laughs> like, like it's a different kind of evil for sure. Exactly. I mean, you see in episode nine, like he had a, the plan with, uh, you know, the, the Snokes in the jar and, you know, his whole like obsession with living on after death he didn't want the galaxy to move on after he died he thought that the galaxy was meant for him and only him and that is like a that is a whole different kind of maniacal um 
obsessive evil that I, I think just translates into some incredible stories. So obviously a lot of strings being pulled by him, lots of different plot points. I want to know, like, what do you guys think is like the, the simple, one of the, one of the best sort of, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Like, like the, the, the best plot that he makes up to mm. sort of make things go to his will. What, what do you guys, what do you guys think? I mean, for me personally, like I mentioned before, it, it's the, the Snoke's in the jar. I mean, <laughs> he just, he just lets his failed clones go loose and do his bidding. Like that is so disturbing. I mean, he's just letting this like deformed, you know, pseudo Snoke or pseudo Palpatine go out and, you know, carry on his bidding um, with the whole final order stuff. That's nuts. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he Palpatine has a lot of like layers within layers within layers, like schemes within schemes for those Dune fans out there. Um, you know, just a quick aside here. One of the big things I really liked about the Star Wars annual number one was I think that's one of the few times we see Sidious, you know, Dar- the Darth Lord of Sith without Vader. And it's very strange almost to see the two of them separated because like 90% of the time we see him, 95% of the time we see him, he like Vader is by his side or he's talking to Vader. So having someone else like interacting and talking to the emperor is really rare. So that's very fun to kind of see how he plays without Vader around him. Um, Like, the sort of you know big thing that we want to talk about is you know like in uh, Star Wars Episode Nine he has like an and in the uh, last half of the uh, 2020 series the last main completed arc we get to see that he's creating an entire like like battle fleet of like star destroyers just to like in case he dies he can take everything with him that's the sort of like the vindictiveness we see in his uh, characteristic of how um, he definitely doesn't play with the idea of like you know like one of the things that i'm reading through the darth bane series is like the idea of carrying on your legacy and letting someone else take control of the sith he doesn't seem to be that that's not his modus operandum he doesn't want to carry on or share power he seems to be so obsessed with living forever so he doesn't have to give that thing up and he goes through like how many different apprentices yeah, like, like like at least a at lot least three. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I a lot for really, I really liked where the current Darth Vader series left off with him. I mean, if you were to look at me and say they're retconning the movies and or ex- further explaining the movies, I, I I can't argue against it. But at the same time, it still fits his character, and mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to see th- what we saw in. Um, episode nine come to fruition with, and, and have the breadcrumbs lead to there. And and, and, and like I said, it's, it, it kind of has a little bit of the, the shock and all lost because it's coming out after the movie, but it still makes it an interesting plot point and it still makes the, the emperor a more interesting character to see how smart he is and how forward thinking he is compared to everybody else that we have seen in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I agree. And and one of the, I think, the most intriguing parts, especially of the Darth Vader 2020 series to me, is how he purposely tries to break Vader. He is yeah. the ultimate 
abuser really is the only way to describe it. Um, he, he wants to extract all of the darkness out of Vader by bringing out the worst in Vader by whatever means possible. Jacob, do you think that the Darth Vader 2020 series has been the best portrayal of this or do you have another favorite um, portrayal of this? And what do you think of it? I, I do like that that um, part of the story, part of that relationship. Although, I mean, we definitely did get a bit of it in the 2017 or the, yeah, the Dark Lord of the Sith series. We saw, you know, Palpatine break, basically breaking Invader like from the get go uh, with, mm-hmm. you know, hey, go earn your lightsaber. Hey, prove yourself against all of these Inquisitors. Like up until the last arc, it's always, you know, it's. I mean, all of the Vader series, even the 2015 series, is, hey, Vader, you screwed up. Now it's time to prove yourself again. It's, all, it's just kind of constantly mentally and emotionally breaking him down to make him subservient to Palpatine and make him uh, another part of his his uh, toolkit. Like, I think it was I think it was the Tarkin book that, like, he's, like, talking about, like, how it's, like, everyone is a chess piece. Like, every single person mm. in, in, like, my, like, I got my Thrawns, I've got my Tarkins, I've got my Vaders, and they all serve a different purpose. They're all, yeah, they all have their different utility. And, like, you know, they're all for my use. So, yeah. I'll, or was that was that Aftermath? I don't know. One of those earlier books. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like Vader is almost his favorite whipping boy. I think he hates Vader more than he hates Jedi at a certain, to a certain extent, you know? Yeah, part of me... Part of me wonders, like, you know, if Palpatine might be jealous because, you know, Vader had these these two children who um, were very powerful in the force. And and part of me wonders, I mean, obviously, we know that later on um, he has a child, I guess, maybe like, or it was, <laughs> I, I hate thinking about it. Well, to be expanded yeah, later. The, his, his lineage continues. Yes, it, it does. Somehow in, in whatever way. Yes, yes. In whatever way that that may be, don't think about it too much. Otherwise, you'll gross yourself out. But, um, so so part of me wonders if it's like a like a jealousy type of thing. You know, um, Palpatine is all about legacy. You know, he wants to live live on. Doesn't want the galaxy to live on without him. Um, maybe he wanted to be the chosen one, the one that that controlled everything in the galaxy, and he couldn't do it. And he knew Vader would be the one to do it. So. I find that Palpatine to be very interesting, um, especially after the rise of Skywalker, very interested in his motives, his sort of ways of doing things. And, and I, I hope that once War of the Bounty Hunters ends, I hope that we get a continuation of um, his story and also, you know, Vader's story in uh, Vader 2020. Absolutely. And just one thing I want to quickly throw in here. Um, what do you guys think is his greatest apprentice? Because this might be the only chance I really get to, to talk about this, but I was going through it and I was thinking, you know, I think Count Dooku might have been his, like, the one to actually, like, take control of the Sith after if Palpatine had ever actually naturally died. Well, yeah. Vader's was... not an emperor. We've talked about this before. Vader is not the sort of person you'd want running in an empire, but Dooku, Count Dooku, is definitely that sort of. Uh, charismatic leader type who could have actually taken control of it you, you you'd have to uh, my, my my i would rebuttal that with what do, would you define as greatest apprentice because if you're talking about somebody in the event that the emperor dies and needs to pick up what his plan was and continue it i would absolutely agree with you but all three four however many apprentices he's had these days 
they're all they are very uniquely different and mm-hmm. and, and so vader is in the enforcer and that's the role that he that he that he serves maul was the assassin ass- yes, the, the assassin that helped the emperor gain the leverage that he was able to gain during the prequel times that i don't think vader or tyrannus really could have done and i think tyrannus had he not been taken out when he was by by anakin definitely could have helped run and for lack of a better term govern mm-hmm. the, well, the 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 system with with uh you know with with uh sidious well the, the thing is though and I, I just made me realize that it's almost like darth sidious was like swapping apprentices out for what he needed like he needed a, an assassin for when he needed malls to do things in the shadows and kill things and be a rage field like wind-up toy but he was done with that so then yep. he needed someone to, you know, spearhead the, the coalition against him to so that his uh, senator persona could rise to power. So he created Darth Tyrannus. And then when he after that, he didn't need a second in command of his empire. He needed an enforcer. Right. Mm-hmm. So and what and, and, and that leads us to a, an interesting transition to our next topic, where because while these people, while this person and this group of people weren't ever classified as his apprentice they were still kind of set up and de- and developed by Sidious and of course we're talking about uh the original umbrella uh lightsaber owner uh <laughs> the grand inquisitor and of course his class of inquisitorius so Caleb talk a little bit more about uh this group of dark side users exactly and that, that is the thing is they are dark side users they are jedi pretty much all to a man who have been uh, corrupted or fallen to the dark side. And, and throughout the series, Dark Lord Sith, they're constantly said, oh, they're not Sith, they're dark side users. But I feel like, and I want to bounce this off to you guys very, very quickly. What do you think is like, when you see the Inquisitor, do you not think Sith? I think they're Sith. I think they're like a subcategory of Sith. I think they're Sith. They've, they've bled yeah. their crystal. I, th- I think that that defines you as a Sith in, in my book anyways. I don't think any of them could have taken out the you know a Sith apprentice, but I do no. think that they are weaker members of Sith of the, of, yeah. of the Sith. Yeah, I mean it's like you can you can put whatever label you want on them. Like they are not like a a Darth Lord or whatever, but you know they're at the very least like an acolyte of the Sith if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and you know they're they're a fun sort of series. Like I think Vader's killed off more of them than like any of the rest of the good guys put together. But like they're they're I they think Calcastus might have. I was gonna say Calcastus Cal is only gonna, did two. Gonna... They only did two, right? But weren't there only nine? <laughs> I did, well, here's the thing: they've never actually defined how many there are, and that's kind of a good thing because they kind of need. Uh, like for lack of a better term cannon fodder for Jedi for these in-between sort of things so they need villains for like you know the ghost crew to go up against in Cal Kestis and uh, Ahsoka Cal that... only killed one yeah yeah I think he only killed well no I don't think he killed any because he chopped uh, he, off he, the, the he large inter- sister's he, arm and she yeah. fell off the sure yeah, which she, she's coming was indirect. back I'm, count, I'm counting that one she, no, she's coming back. She's coming back. Like yeah, I'll technically... dollars to donut, she's coming back and then the other one was killed by Vader no spoiler, so oh, never mind <laughs> I tried. It's it's like three no, years old. It's like you're pulling game, a West or something. Damn. The game the game has been out for quite a while. So yeah. So. At, at this point, you should have played it already. And no, if you I haven't, apologize. what are you what are you doing? Go mm-hmm. go 
go play it or, or watch a playthrough on YouTube. It's so good. It's 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 a lot of fun. Just knock the difficulty down when you get to her because she's yes. impossible. She's impossibly hard. That's rough. Yeah. Yes. Like, and when you get to Zepho, just just memorize the map. That's all I gotta say. Exactly. You'll if you start it, you know you'll you'll be stuck by New Year's. So. Yeah, so like that's a sort of thing is do we do we think that we're going to see any more of these inquisitors pop up to fight Luke in the 2020 series? <sighs> I don't do know. Do I we'll think s- so? No. Yeah. Would I be surprised? No. <laughs> do I want it? What, yes. When's like the latest <laughs> we've seen them in the timeline? We did see the ghost of the inquisitor. Well, yeah, no. When's the latest series, but- we've seen a living one in the timeline? I guess Rebels, right? I think Rebels, Rebels was it. Right. Because Rebels leads up to yeah, that's that's like right before New Hope, basically. A, a yeah. year? Does it get even? Does it get closer to a year before the Battle of Yavin? Yeah, I mean that's way. It's definitely way after like um, the comics that they show up in, or like Fallen Order or any of that stuff. Or so yeah, I guess that'd be <coughs> that'd be the latest we saw them. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know which ones are alive at that point. Because I was like, you know, I could see like Cal Kestis for Jedi Fallen Order to just like destroying like most of the Inquisitors. Like I could see that being like a plot point, but I guess at least like three of them have to live to get to the show. Exactly. That uh, speak- okay. as much as I'd like to see it, maybe not necessarily an Inquisitor under the service of the Emperor, maybe somebody who maybe the you know somebody who was thought dead. I kind of feel like having them run into Luke spoils the his lack of i mean so we're already at empire Mm -hmm. in in the comics it kind of ruins his moment with vader in the Mm. movies you start to water you start to water that the more you have him fight other sith for lack of a better term and 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 get it it takes away from how unprepared he was and yet how powerful it was to have him still overcome the 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 evil force that was the emperor and and uh vader in return of the jedi i would agree with that yeah i mean as cool as it would be uh to to see you know luke fighting other inquisitors i i don't know if i would like to see that um maybe after you know uh, return of the jedi um that, that might be cool but um I, I do want to see Inquisitors show up somewhere doing something because I think they're really cool. And um, as of right now, I think a little underutilized for their coolness. But um, yeah, I, I bet we'll see them somewhere, something soon. Exactly. I said, and one thing was we did actually see Luke come across the ghost of the Grand Inquisitor who has been, mm. whose soul has been like eternally bound to defend an ancient Jedi temple. Like, that's, That's so cool. harsh. That was like so like kind of unexpected and like just like tragic of what happened to the poor Inquisitor there. So um, do we think that's the last we'll ever see of him in the series? Um, I think he serves I, purpose, probably. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think I think it might be it might be a little redundant if he showed up again. Mm. At the same time, it might be kind of cool to see him give Luke some advice. You know, it, it might be interesting to see if um if some of his advice might counteract some of Ben's advice or or see sort of that clash between the two in Luke's mind. Exactly. Cause I thought there was a point where we were almost seeing a redemption arc with the his character in Rebels after he died when he was making some force visions to Ezra. I thought like we could maybe see it in a redemption arc there. So maybe it was something like that. And maybe eventually one of these years, we might actually learn his name. 
I mean, we still Possibly. don't know his name. He's just known as the, the Jedi who turned into the Grand Inquisitor. His name is Grand. <laughs> and he is Grand. Well, we couldn't we couldn't have this have this discussion without having mentioning at least one comic only Sith mm-hmm. Lord. And of course, I'm talking about my favorite comics focused Sith Lord, and that's Lord Momin. Um, and and you know, he uh he he he's a little bit different than than most of the, he is an artist first and a dark disciple second um but something that that was that was really interesting for his stories he kind of pulled on the legends uh you know uh a, a little bit in the in, in the, the story of xr coon in the sense that um he he, he had a uh, he built his own monument and and he had his essence trapped in that mask and so do we one i i, I present this to to everybody i'm going to go to jacob first do we like this idea coming from legends and, and two, do you think that this is a effective way that we can potentially bring other dark temples or other Sith prior to the, to, to, to the, the rule of two back into uh, the world that, and the universe that we, we now know. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, I, I like, I, I really love this like vein of more like, dark magic sorcery type sith lords like momen mm. and oh god the the guy from uh myths and fables uh oh 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 kaldoth oh. kaldoth yes. yeah, 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 yeah. That, like that, that's like my favorite kind of like sith lord um i yeah i really like the like this ability to kind of you know play with the fact that you know you only like i i i kind of like the fact that you can play with the story to bring in other dark side users that's not just like we found another dark side assassin person from nowhere look at them <laughs> they're gonna be dead in, in in a month um i like this idea of like you know you can kind of pull from the history and not be constrained by the rule of two story wise like uh we have this one and then i'm not gonna spoil anything we see something similar happen in the high republic comics recently um mm-hmm. so you know it's it's kind of fun when you can play around with that and not just be like well, we have Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> there, there are. It, Isn't that enough Sith for you? Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's nice to not have to be like we're either Darth Vadering it or we're like gonna get our like a like red shirt style like dark side assassin. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I like this. Exactly. Like, and knowing Soul, we're all, we will absolutely come across some dark Sith temple crafted by a Lord Moment down the line. It might be in five years, but I can totally see that happening. We're going to see um, like something calling back to his creations. Well, and I liked the fact that, and and it's been a little bit of time since I've since I've read his story, but Palpat- Palpatine wanted to take over the universe. Mm-hmm. Moment, moment wanted to take over his universe, but I never got the feeling that he was this galaxy wide you know, menace. And, and I, and I like the, the compactness of that story of a dark side user that wants to be all powerful, but not galaxy wide, all powerful. And I think that those create very unique stories that can fit into the world of star Wars without wondering, well, well, why didn't we hear about this person before? Or, you know, the, the issues with Marvel, you know, television shows and some, in the sense of, Oh, well we have to create a, create a, uh, you know, 
enough drama, but we can't make it too big because then we just have the have the the, the problem of well, why didn't the Avengers just come in and take care of it? Like mm. I like that smaller focus of a a bad guy who has his own intentions, who who is clearly evil and clearly wants to wants to take over something, but doesn't want to take over the galaxy for all time. And, and, and that's what I think really I, I really like about moment in addition to uh, the the connection to to legends and, and, and the idea of of his, you know using his essence you know and trapping it in, in in an artifact yeah I, I I like the idea of of something as small as I'm gonna take this one artifact and put my essence in it so that someday maybe someone will stumble across it. Um, and I'll influence them. Like he does feel very small compared to Palpatine's goals. Um, and I, I also like the idea of more, um, sort of Sith, like imbuing themselves into objects or places. Um, like I think of, um, like the higher public with the, those, um, those like statues or whatever it was that were keeping the Drangir's like energy in place in the, um, in the station, Mm -hmm. Like things like that, very cool. They're it's very um like Indiana Jones. I don't know, like 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 you find this rare artifact and oh no, it's cursed. You know um, exactly. Like I like that stuff. It's, it's yeah, cool. like the question is like, yo, do you think this was like Darth Moment's mask? Was this something he alone created and made the uh, like the the magic that the technology to do it, or do you think this was like a Sith thing? So maybe we'll see more possession masks down the line, you know, more stone masks that, to turn people into powerful Sith Lords. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it might've been, it might've been like the Sith power, you know, how like, like the Jedi, mm-hmm. they have the Jedi texts and there's like, like um in one of the, I'm going to sound like super extra, extra nerdy, like more nerdy than I normally sound. But um in, in one of the reference books, um the, it says that the Jedi texts um, sort of like, gave instructions on how to repair um, a kyber crystal and repair a lightsaber. And that's what Ray used to repair um, the Skywalker saber um, in between eight and nine. And I wonder if it was something like that, where there was like some Sith text and they had some instructions like, Hey, if you want to put your essence into a helmet, here's what you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see with like, you know, they talked about like in the, yeah, the Cal Doth stories and like myths and fables, like they're like, Oh yeah, I just got like a ton of like Sith spell scrolls just like chilling around. I'm like, I'm sure one of them is here's how you put your, like, here's how you make your Horcrux kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm in the middle. Of, uh, I just started, uh, thanks to Corey, um, spewing all kinds of love for um darth plagueis I'm, i've just started that audiobook and and the beginning of that book definitely talks about the lineage of sith artifacts and sith knowledge being passed down and the concept of i the my interpretation of the person who originated it knew that they weren't powerful enough but knew that the sith down the line would be powerful enough and so they're kind of paving that road and i would love to see that concept sort of evolved in in, in a comic form uh and have it be essence transfer or or any sort of sort of thing like that i, I that really you know seems like an awesome awesome idea to to be able to to use the power uh, of the medium of comics to to kind of bring to life so yeah those are our major 
uh, characters. Now, Emma, you've got a handful of just sort of questions that we are going to talk about. I know we're running a little bit long here, but it's been two weeks, so you're going to have to bear with us for a little bit. Uh, so, uh, Emma, what uh, what sort of questions, overarching questions, did you want to uh, pr- uh, bring up to, to the group tonight? Yeah, so really quickly before uh, I, we dive into the questions, um, I, I just I thought of a few characters that I wanted to give a give a shout out to, especially Utini shout out. I want to first shout out Snow Cat. Uh, <laughs> he's a very important Sith. I also want to shout out Naked Palps. I hope Garrett's still in the chat. <laughs> Talking about this Naked Palps? Yeah. Uh, yes. Did I not do it in the middle of the palps. show? Maybe. I love how Jacob had the page ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, yeah, that is the most Utini thing ever. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just want to shout those two guys out. Um, they deserve it. If we're talking about Sith and in comics, um, okay. Now, now to some questions. Let's let's get serious again. Okay. So, big question here: the rule of two. It's a big theme with the Sith throughout the movies, books, comics, everything. Uh, everybody knows only two there are, no more, no less. Do you like this rule or is it a little too limiting with what they can tell story-wise? Um, Tyler, I'll start with you. Can I say both? Sure. I, I, I mean, I feel like at the time of Bane and through the, you know, we obviously don't know what's going on in the High Republic. The rule of two was effective and it was necessary. Do I think Palpatine could have, for lack of a better term, won had he had he created a Sith Empire and a Sith army of of Maul and Tyrannus and Vader and the Inquisitor and all those people? Yeah, I do. I and I and so I, I kind of think in that sense it was a little limiting, but it served its purpose when it did because the Sith needed to go into hiding and it was effective because for a while there they won because the Emperor was the Emperor, but he was a little bit limiting in the fact that had he been able to not be so self-centered on his own power, I think that he would have been able to stay in power or the Sith would have been able to stay in power. Had he created a, created a whole army. Caleb, what are your thoughts? You know, very similar. Like I feel like the Sith kind of shot themselves in a foot for a while. Yeah. I said, I'm going through the Darth Bane trilogy right now. And that's a huge thing about, you know, him realizing that there can only be two of us, one to hold the power and one to crave the power. And that's like a very interesting dynamic. But as I said, it come like uh, when, I, when I first heard about it, I'm like, that sounds like a terrible sort of thing. What happens if one of you gets a cold and dies all of a sudden? <laughs> like, you know, like that could be a real, that's a really, really like tenuous sort of thing. But, you know, if you're like a Darth Force user, I'm su- sure you're like powerful enough to avoid those sorts of things. But like even the Emperor himself, like, you know, towards the end, like as I said, we, he brought in like, um, you know, um, several, he brought in the Inquisitors. He could have killed Maul in during the Clone Wars, but he didn't, even though he already had an apprentice with him, Darth Tyrannus. Darth Tyrannus started training his own apprentice. So, like, like it's I love it when there's like a rule that you know it's very obvious, like where this is our rule, but then you see the characters like purposely break the rule and bend the rule. And I, I like it when you they kind of take these human elements of like this is a, a sacred rule for us, and then everyone just completely disregards it. Like that that makes some very interesting drama and very interesting characters there. So, you know, that's that that was a lot of uh that was a lot of fun, but I think the the rule of two, I think it towards the end was definitely a limiting factor. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Like the idea is cool. Um, however, like it is super short-sighted. Like you got all these, you got all these Jedi and, and you think like, yeah, oh yeah, no, it's going to be fine. Like two of us, we can take them, you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, Jacob, any, any thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I like, so I feel like, oh man, it's the rule two is like politics in a way where you, uh, you know, you have your political system and your political system could be perfect if people were perfect. But unfortunately, mm. <laughs> people are not perfect. So like it works, especially like, Sith. It works pretty well until the point you get like an Emperor Palpatine that ruins the whole thing. It's like he less he comes less focused on becoming more powerful and more focused on preserving his power. And that's kind of what, like, in my mind, ruins the whole thing. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then, like, also, like, you know, it's like the the whole, like, go back to Legends and Darth Bane's like, we're going to become so powerful. This rule of two, we're going to concentrate this power so much that we're going to overthrow the Jedi. Bro, like, the Jedi were in control for, like, thousands of years, and you were in control for, like, 30. So how did that work out for you? Not even 30. Like, how did that work out for you? Apparently, like, I don't know. Doesn't seem like it did very well. Yeah, they, they don't like to, to pay attention to what happened in the past. You know, they're just in a way they're positive thinkers. If you think about it in a weird way, they're they're very optimistic mm. that things will things will go better for them, but never does. Exactly. Um, all right. So next question here. Um, so the Sith, the Sith are kind of portrayed like the exact opposite of the Jedi. They're like the Jedi are good and the Sith are the evil Jedi. but do you think that that's exactly the case? Like, I definitely don't. I don't think that they are evil Jedi because I think that the Jedi have their purpose, which is to um, protect the greater good of the galaxy in a selfless manner that protects and helps the most people as possible. Whereas I think that the Sith, they just happen to wield lightsabers like the Jedi they do not use them for the same purpose, nor do they have the same purpose. They, they, their, their goal is not, it's quite the opposite of, of selfless. It is uh, very self-centered and, and their goal is not to, not really galaxy centered. It, it's, it's really focused on them and maybe their master and maybe a few of their, their friends, if they're lucky. <laughs> um, so I, I think that the Jedi and Sith, while they're kind of portrayed like the same, I kind of believe that they're very different, even though, uh, even though maybe, maybe, I don't know. What do you guys think? Maybe you guys think that they're the antithesis of Jedi. Maybe not. Jacob, I'll, I'll throw this to you first. Boy. Um, yeah. I I don't know. Like, I feel like you just kind of go back to like, uh, I'm, I'm not nerdy enough, unfortunately, or not cool enough, I guess, to uh, know the like Sith code and the Jedi code off the top of my head. But I mean, I kind of, you go back to those. They're, you know. In a way, are they inverses inverses of, the, of themselves? Kind of, uh, but they're also unique in their own way. It's not just you know, it's not just bad Jedi. Uh, it's not just Jedi with red lightsaber. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I know, I don't know. I, this, this was like, gonna be completely honest. This is the one question. I'm like, man, I kind of hope Emma doesn't ask me because I really don't even <laughs> no, know what no. I'm gonna say. <laughs> I like how like how does that go? Uh, what is it? Uh, you know, peace is a lie. There's only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. I don't know. Through I, strength, I gain power. I was and victory. I was spammed through this part of Kotor. It's like, which one is it? I'm like, I don't know. Give me my crystal. <laughs> like, like uh, what? I'll, I'll I'll brute force it if I have to. 
Like you should go oh back and read God. it. I'm like, I am absolutely not going to do that. <laughs> like that that sounds like something a goody two shoes Jedi would do. <laughs> it's so true. Caleb, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh like yeah, I think you know, very easy. It's you know, a lot of people have portrayed the Sith as the anti-Jedi, but I think there's a lot more depth into digging into it to really um get some like you know dirt in between your fingers and see you know why the Sith are the way that they are. I Star Wars is very much a good guy versus bad guy story. And I don't really want to see that compromised. Like, I still like the idea of like, you know, if you have a red lightsaber, that means you're a bad guy. I think that's a really, I think that's something that's needed in a lot more than people think. I think it's very nice to have like villains that are villainy, that are villainous. And like, you can like, oh, that's the bad guy. So when the, when they're defeated, we can all feel good. So that's one thing that I'm very, very happy about. So I think, I think it's, I would, I would like to say maybe a little bit more nuance here, but I don't want to try to make too many more people think that the Sith were actually the good guys all along. And they're like, without the Sith, there wouldn't be Jedi. Yeah. See, Tyler, that, any thoughts? I want to see, I, I, I enjoy good villains. And and so I want to see the killmonger of the Sith, mm. the, the the Sith who falls almost. almost I'm gonna go, gonna, gonna go le, le, Legends again, <laughs> Darth Cadus. I want to see the person who falls to the dark side for good intentions, and then have it be and, and have it have it consume them. That that there's a reason you can sort of understand their initial process, the, 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 the desire to save their family, the desire to save their heritage, the desire to, to do good, but it becomes all, but it becomes, you know, you know, um, over, you know, they, they, they become consumed and they eventually lose their way. But in that process, you get a good villain and you get a good story because you start to think, well, maybe does the does the, the does the bad guy win and and when you when you start to 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 put in that sort of system of doubt of well maybe the good guy will win maybe the good guy will kind of win that starts to make the ending of the story that much more impactful because you don't know what's going to happen I mean, I mean good will always triumph over evil we all know that but if good can kind of lose and still win it makes that story much more powerful when you have a complex villain that makes a good story and i'd like to see a complex sith Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So um, sort of as we're wrapping things up here, um, sort of kind of looking to the, the current and the future, a little bit of both. So during the High Republic, we see little hints of Sith on uh, one of the covers. and But other than that, we really don't have Sith in the High Republic, be it books or, or comics. Um, and so that kind of brings to my mind, do you hope to see Sith in the higher public? And uh, if so, what are your hopes for them in the higher public? Um, um, anybody want to take this first? I'll go first. No, I don't want us to see like Jedi versus Sith lightsaber duels in the uh, high Republic. I would like to see maybe like some like them making references are like maybe somehow like discovering that there's someone pulling some strings and trying to destabilize the, the the high republic like seeing like the trappings and like the fingerprints for the sith if like maybe the jedi were more 
focused on finding them, they would actually see them. But I don't, I don't want to see like the red lightsaber willing Sith pop out of nowhere and start dueling with everyone. I don't, I don't think that's the theme they should be going for. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy that we have a, a, a story arc, a time frame where the Jedi are just Jedi, so we can see them, you know, not having to deal with the constant fight with the Jedi versus Sith. I think that's very refreshing. So I don't want to see that uh, that being marred. But again, I think it would be fun to see if the if some writers can put some subtle references to, to something behind the scenes here. Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of agree with you. Am I going to be surprised if we eventually get a Sith? No, but I think I think it's an easy. I think it's an easy way out. And I think mm, and and, and yeah. I think they the, the the current creative team behind the high republic are better than that and not that in the event that they that they do create the sith that that means you know it takes away anything that they've done they've done an amazing job and 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 i couldn't have asked for more uh you know awesomeness from from what the high republic is but it's it's an easy it's an easy answer and, and i i would just I hope they don't go away. They they don't dive into that. And I would like at the very end, maybe the Sith, you know, because we obviously know that the Jedi have to fall. Um, maybe the weakening of the Jedi causes the rise of the Sith. Um, I'd be okay with that, but I don't want them to be a part of of this fall. I want them to to kind of you know have Martian Row and the Nihil and the Drangir be their own battle of wits and leave, leave the dark side force users out of it. Jacob, any thoughts? Yeah. I, I'm also of the, the mindset that I, I'd be okay with them, like in the background, like pulling some strings, but if I don't want them to be the forefront, I, a few like more specific parts of that, I definitely don't want them to be like, Oh, it was the Nihil were in control of this by the Sith all along. I, I'm not sure yeah. I really want that. I think it'd be cool. Because, like, you know, the whole, like, pulling the strings, that sounds interesting, but that's also, like, the the prequels. Like, I think it'd be interesting to, like, differentiating from that a little bit. Instead of having the Sith at, like, you know, the literal center of the galaxy, you have, like, some, some like, wandering, like, I don't know, like, some Ronin-style Sith, like, in the outer rim. Just, like, you know, mm. popping around, like, just destabilizing areas, but being very low-key about it. And kind of building power out there, maybe you know, maybe going through like the the uh, wild space. I don't know, like that'd be cool. But yeah, I don't. I definitely don't need like, yeah, I don't need the. Oh man, it was the it, the the real bad guys was the Sith all along. Uh, I, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's funny. Like all of, all three of you t- took little pieces of of my answer. Um, I I do want to see Sith at some point because I feel like the higher public. Um, is kind of leading up to how the Jedi are when we see them in the prequel trilogy. And I, I personally think that that should include the Sith as well. Um, but when we first see them in the prequel trilogy, they're not really on the map. Like nobody knows right. about them. So I think it'd be kind of cool if the Sith did show up, but in this like very, very tertiary way, like, like, not even nobody interacts with them of any consequence, but we see that they're like, you know, gaining power, maybe in like the unknown regions, that'd be pretty cool. And, and no, nobody knows of them. Nobody hears from them, but they're training and they're, they're, they're gathering forces or something like that. Um, and, and maybe there's like a splinter group that shows up in the main galaxy. And then we get 
you know, Palpatine or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think it'd be cool to have some sort of involvement so that we can see how we get from there being no known Sith to all of a sudden there's, um, you know, Palpatine and Darth Maul in the prequel trilogy, kind of like how we see um, the Jedi's downfall um, and how the higher public is going to lead into that. So we've got Plagueis. Plagueis is clearly canon because he's mentioned in Revenge of the Sith. Is Tenebris officially canon? Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean... Bane was made canon based off of season season six of Clone Wars. So we have Bane. I, I don't think Xana is technically canon anymore. Like Bane, Bane obviously had an apprentice, but we don't right. know. We had that hasn't been named yet. So so we have a gap. We have a gap between Bane and Plagueis that 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 as far as I know of has not been filled in canon. Be, be nasty in the chat is also saying that that he's in uh I'm the, the trust right. visual visual dictionary yeah okay i was muted because i was coughing earlier yeah really quickly running down for the listeners again the uh, legions in the right skywalker dictionary are revan andadu tanis tenebris phobos and desolus so but and and but outside of a, a mere met name mention we, do, yeah, we don't that know anything about anything them. Yeah, yeah we know nothing about them so there's a lot of, of gaps to fill in there. And, and, and you, you have to think at some point that they're going to be connected to the High Republic. Yeah. And yeah, I think so. T- like timeline-wise, if you're going off Legends, I mean, the High Republic, Tenbris is probably alive doing stuff at that point, I would, I would imagine. You know, I don't know how long I a think, bit, I don't know how long a Bith lives, but... I think <laughs> according to the Plagueis novel, he dies... Tenebris dies around Jared, correct me if I'm wrong. I apologize. Like 74 BBY somewhere around there. Yes, I, uh, it on says w- on Wikipedia, on Wikipedia, it says that Darth Tenebris died on six, negative 67, 67. Okay. Close enough. Uh, but yeah, so, so still after the high Republic, but prior to any moment that we've seen. So yeah, so it's, it was a very when you really think about it, there's a really big hole in, in, in our Sith lore. Um, that, that, that we really would not be surprised if, if we start to get filled in by the time the, that the high Republic ends. Yeah. I think, I really hope that if we do get Sith in, uh, more Sith in the higher public, and, uh, I, I hope that it's in comic form because, uh, as we've talked about all of tonight, um, Sith really translate well. Uh, into, into comics, and um, I'm really excited to see what comes next from Sith, whether it's in the higher public or whether it's you know more Darth Vader or, or whatever it is. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yes, well, that is why we did the show tonight because the Sith in comics are are a real they're fascinating and and they really add to the comics lore. So thank you all for joining us tonight for this talk. And we hope that uh, when we get around to next September, uh, we'll have more uh, Sith to talk about. So um, before we close the show tonight, I do want to remind everybody that next week is our first manga roundtable, And that is because we are discussing the edge of balance volume one. Um, we've kind of been talking about this for seems like a month now 
Um, so you have uh, should have had plenty of time. It came out uh, to everybody uh, no later than September 7th. So you've had some time to to read it. But we will we hope you join us next week as we discuss that manga. But until then, that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Cosmic Force. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or right here on YouTube.com where we broadcast live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Also, be sure to visit utini.com for reviews, articles, and news for the entire expanded universe. And we we also encourage you to join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. You can even throw support to the show and Utini uh, by heading to patreon.com slash Utini and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thanks to OK Endar, Jeremy Kisna, Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council and Kyle Hickman, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilison on our Alliance High Command for their continued and amazing support. You can tweet the show at Cosmic Force Show or the host individually. I'm at Ty Rags. Emma is at Jedi 26 Caleb is at Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob is at Jacob Bosch. Thank you again to all of my co-hosts, Emma, Caleb, and Jacob, for hosting with me tonight. Thank you for everybody who was in the chat tonight. Uh, It was nice to talk with all of you again after taking two weeks off. And a special thank you to our listeners and viewers, wherever and whenever you are listening to us or watching us. We do truly appreciate your support. Until then, um, we will hope to see everybody next week. But until then, may the Force be with you.